All right, welcome everyone to Off the Bat. I know it's been a minute, but uh, we're back and better than ever. We're going to be talking today about some huge news that came out yesterday, uh, last night, and uh, that was George Springer signing uh, one of the biggest contracts uh, in franchise history for the Blue Jays. It was a huge signing. George Springer uh, goes to the team on a six-year, $150 million deal. And uh, in the same 24-hour period, Herbie Yates, a former All-Star coming off of an injury last year, signs a budget deal just under $5 million with the Blue Jays as well. So a huge day for the Blue Jays. What do you think, Jonah? I mean, I think it was pretty cool. Uh, something a little unexpected. I mean, they've been treading pretty lightly, certainly this far through free agency. And uh, it was something that the fans were kind of looking towards. And I'm just happy to see they finally did something. Yeah, it was uh, it was an offseason where there were a lot of questions thrown up about um, the Blue Jays possibly missing out on most of their free agents. They uh, a lot of people thought that they would get Lindor. They didn't end up getting Lindor, um, and you know, Lemayhew didn't go to them. So uh, as players were just getting checked off the the list of, of free agents, people were wondering, are they actually going to make a move? Or are they going to finish second like they uh, sometimes did uh, in the past few years? But uh, definitely exciting for Blue Jays fans that they did make the splash. They made the deal. Uh, you could say that it was a bit of an overpay, but uh, I think it was worth it because they have, there hasn't been a free agent like this in Toronto for quite a while. I know we had Ryu last year, but this is a different level. So uh, first, I just want to ask you, Jonah, are you concerned at all that the George Springer contract uh, ends when he's 37? I mean, obviously there's a small flag there, but... It's important to realize the impact that he's going to make on the lineup within these next three or four years where I believe we're going to be genuine contenders, top of the division, and possibly top of the league. And, I mean, it's exchanging this long-term contract versus the, the amount of quality years we're going to get out of him. And because our team right now, we have an extremely young core, it's time to be making these big signings, specifically free agents and uh, – I mean, Springer fits perfectly in center field. Uh, I mean, would you consider the Jays con contenders or pretenders? And if not, like, what do you, what do they need to do to become contenders? Well, I think that they're almost at the step with where they are contenders. I think they're very, very close. They've made really bold moves, as I said earlier. And uh, I think that the only thing that they need more is maybe one solid starting pitcher. And then they're just over the hump. Um, I know that they might be uh, interested in Trevor Bauer. And because they have such a young roster uh, outside of the two guys, they signed Springer and, uh, and Kirby Yates. Uh, they have tons of cap room to sign Trevor Bauer if he's interested in joining uh, the Blue Jays. Now, I know he's not a huge uh, fan of what happened in, in Houston with the Astros, so I'm not sure if he has the best relationship with George Springer, but it would be cool for Jays fans to see that. Um, and what are your thoughts on Trevor Bauer? Do you think that the Jays can uh, utilize his talents well if they actually get him? I mean, Trevor Bauer seems to be a very outgoing person. I mean, he likes to vote. He likes to say everything he hears out loud. And obviously, it's very fun watching him on Twitter, like refute everything that these MLB people are saying. And uh, one thing Trevor Bauer does, which I kind of compared a bit to Strowman, he likes, he's very loud and uh, he won't stop until everyone's heard his opinion. And I feel like right now, because the Blue Jays are at such a crucial time, as good as a starting pitcher he is, and even though he's a Cy Young, 
I don't believe it's necessary that we go for him. I think that right now, I believe the Jays are contenders. Yeah, definitely some solid pitching out there, like Paxton, something something a bit a bit smaller that would really help our, our starting pitching. Even rotation. Tanaka, keeping it keeping him keeping him in the AL East. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh so uh since the Jays lost obviously their their chance on Brantley, um in case you didn't hear the news, the Jays were about to get uh, Michael Brantley, and then suddenly the Astros offered him a better deal. We're not exactly sure what happened there yet. Maybe there's going to be uh, some clarification later, but it was pretty much confirmed that Brantley was on the Blue Jays and just taken taken away from us like that. Um, Media really you, screwed you, us over in this situation. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what what do you think about that? I mean, Brantley was very good. And I, I mean, I don't really think the Blue Jays need so much. I mean, we know Austin Martin, a recently drafted player. Uh, we know that he can play a bit in the outfield. We already have Guriel, We have Hernandez. We have Grichik, whose jersey I'm wearing. We also have Biggio, who can play in the outfield in the corners. And I feel like now that we have Springer, I don't know if it's necessary to go out and even if it's a small contract, I don't know if like we need to get another outfielder. If we did, I'd look towards maybe like the defensive side. Pretty sure that like Bradley Jr. and Kiermaier, both strong center fielders on the defensive side, both speedy players. They're both free agents. They're both from the AL East. We've seen what they can do. And I think if we were to still spend money on our outfield, which is which would be absurd, those would be the players I'd target. Yeah, definitely after the Michael Brantley news came out and people thought that he was signed with the, with the Blue Jays, the narrative was that our outfield was completely stacked and that there would probably be a trade involving either Grichik or Guriel. I know there's been a lot of talk about Guriel and trading block. Um, we're not sure if there is going to be a trade, uh, but he definitely has a lot more value than Randall Grichik uh, if the trade goes through. Uh, they might they might try to get a, a starting pitcher, as I mentioned, they that's like the one hole that they have in their lineup, a really solid lineup um, offensively and a really, really good bullpen. Their bullpen was really underrated last year. And I just think it's just going to keep getting better with Yates. Maybe Giles coming back when we didn't really hear much of word about that, but uh, that would be a really good uh, bullpen if Giles could come back healthy. And uh, yeah, so if they could just trade either uh, probably Grichik or, or Guriel for a starting pitcher, that might complete the, the team. I mean, Grichik, he is on like a bit of an expensive deal, but if he can produce at what he did last year, I don't think the Jays are going to want to move him. I know he's not the fastest guy, but he does still, he has still played in center field. And I mean, uh, he's not, he's not like super, like not like Kevin Kiermaier or Bradley Jr. of defending, but he held it, he held it okay. He held it enough. Uh, And so do you really think, do you think Springer was overpaid like, what's the overall value of the contract and what do you believe should have happened? Well, first of all, um, any, any uh, player that goes to Toronto will have to pay uh, some extra taxes because the tax is higher in Canada than the United States. So uh, you, you automatically have to pay more for it to be worth it for them to come to Canada. Uh, so there was uh, already that, that extra salary that they had to pay him to basically equal uh, the amount of revenue he would get in comparison to, what other teams were offering him uh now i just i think it's a it's an awesome move i don't i don't really you know see it as a problem that it's six years long i don't see the 150 million a problem 25 million a year for a guy 
who's an MVP caliber player, one of the best playoff performers. And uh, this is a team that will definitely be making some playoff pushes for the next five years or so, at least. So I think it was a really solid move. Even if Springer just slides into a DH role as he gets older, I think he could still produce really well. And as long as everyone stays healthy, this is going to be a really good contract. You know what? I'm going to continue to what you just said. Uh, contenders for five years. I mean, even even with a team like ours, I still think five years is kind of a long shot. What would you say to that? Well, I think that because we have such a, a good young core with uh, Guerrero and Biggio and Bichette and uh, Jansen even and, and all those Real players. And 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 uh even yes Here's and austin martin and austin martin so because we have so many young players and then we're adding all these amazing veteran like some of the best veteran players you can have um that, like once the veterans retire we're still going to be good and i think that'll really um you know produce a, we're going to have a lot of uh, longevity in terms of how good the franchise is going to be for the next few years so i think well, five years is going to be a minimum for how. I'm going to throw another question at you. So you're talking about the divide between our younger players, our young core, and the new veterans. But do you not think in between these five years, there's going to be a line when our veterans are kind of just in like the DH role and lower in the starting rotation? I'm talking about Springer and Ryu. And we all know veterans tend to deteriorate. Are they going to be sitting in our in our roster, sucking up our team fonts were obviously not such a big market team like the Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, uh, a few more, but that's all I have to note. Uh, do you think there's a line when the veterans start to become overpaid? Yeah, it depends which veteran. Obviously, Springer is a world-class talent, and I think he's still going to produce at a very high level when he's 37. Um, but definitely um, veterans start to, you know, you, you might see them as even more of a pay than, than they are now um, when they're producing less, but uh, it's a great deal for the now, right? And, uh, and I just, I feel like it was, uh, it was a good deal. And uh, we're gonna, we're gonna have our, our veterans are gonna be, I think our veterans are gonna be good for as long as they're under contract. Kirby Yates was, is only on a one-year deal, I believe. So uh, if he if he is good after his injury, because we didn't really see much of him last year, only one game, 12 ERA, unfortunately, but we won't really. It really, doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Um, but so so we're going to just have to test the waters, see what happens. And if the Jays don't like something, I'm sure with their uh, mindset right now, they'd be willing to make the necessary moves to uh, help us contend. So uh, just a, a question for you. Um, so in your opinion, because we've been talking about their young core, which often circles around uh, Vladdy before Springer came and all the talk was on him. So where do you see Vladdy fitting in the lineup for uh, this season and the future? I mean, considering, obviously, he put in a lot of work and development into, he put in a lot of develop. he worked a lot towards getting back in shape. We saw that COVID was not too friendly to him and to a lot of other players. And obviously we love to blame COVID for all of that. He, however, still does have a long road to go, even with the progress we've been shown. Third base right now is, is so far-fetched. I mean, when the Blue Jays were looking towards signing LeMayhew, uh, one of the possibilities was to keep flat at first, move Biggio to third or LeMayhew there wasn't an ideal situation where they were going to put Vlad at third. 
which is why I think they're going to put him at first base slash DH, which we've had open. It's probably going to be split between rest days. So DH is going to be split between rest days, Tellez and Vlad. And I think that the Blue Jays lineup has a lot of versatility to allow that. However, Vlad right now with his hitting, I mean, he's swinging much slower than the pitch comes in. So I believe that he's probably, I don't think he's strong enough right now for like two, three, four. He's definitely not a leadoff guy. So I'd probably. Well, Springer's going to be leadoff. Uh, I'm sorry? Springer's going to be leadoff. Yeah, of course. I was just joking around. There's no way people would put Vlad at, at leadoff. Even, even if he was uh, in full shape back at third base, he still would never be a leadoff player. I think he'd be hitting fifth or sixth, depending on whether his average goes up. And if he can start swinging for power, they might. And this is so far, this could be even farther than him getting back to third. If he can swing for the wall, he's going to get fourth. And not only am I hoping that, but I believe it. So he's definitely got a lot of years ahead of him on, and his future on this team is pretty bright. Um, just another question I had for you is obviously we were mentioning the really strong bullpen that the Blue Jays have right now. And this is obviously a good problem that they have so many good guys that all need some time uh, to play this season from the bullpen. Now, do you, how do you see things working out? Do you think uh, that Kirby Yates is going to be the long-term closer for the season or do you have your eye on someone else? I mean, Kirby Yates, they kind of signed, uh, they, they go, they were in a very lucky situation where they had a, a good amount of money to, to blow through. And what happened with him is that coming off of an injury, it's tough. And we've seen, there isn't very much information on a lot of it, but Kirby Yates does deserve another chance to play. And he, he did pass his physical. So he is in enough shape to start throwing. Maybe, maybe not in perfect shape, but he is in good enough shape. I'm saying that too much. The Blue Jays do need to give him a chance, along with Ken Giles, along with Jordan Romano, along with Shun Yamaguchi, and uh, Hatch, and Dolise. And there are so many different players that I believe deserve closer. Right now, though, I would put it either between Yates, Giles, and Romano, depending on how Yates and Giles play, assuming they come off their injuries fully. Romano is still very young, and he, he might just be our setup guy. And that's uh, all I can see. I can't really pick between Giles and Yates. However, they seem to be our front runners. Uh, for you, Jonathan. Both are uncertain, though, I want to mention. That's, why, that's why I threw Romano into the mix. Yes. He is young, but he still will have a chance based on how he played last year. So do you think the Blue Jays are the best team in the AL East? And this is this is a good question. <laughs> so basically, yeah, it is a good question, Jonah. So um, I think that either the Yankees or the Blue Jays obviously are going to be the number one team in the AL East. Um, I think that the Yankees, obviously, they didn't get better. That's for sure. Uh, I think that they might have just stayed the same based on this offseason. So it's really if the Blue Jays took that step. And to be honest, I think that they did. I think that this offseason, they might not even be finished. But if they are finished with what happened, I think they have a solid chance of being the number one team in the AL East if if there are no injuries, if everyone stays healthy. Uh, We hope that that would happen. And yeah, so I'm just really excited for Blue Jays baseball. I think that they have a really solid chance this year of being not only one of the top uh, teams in the division or the top team in the division, but one of the top teams in the entire league. 
What a fun conversation and a great answer to that question. I'm going to keep on talking about this. So what do you think for like the veteran leadership in the Blue Jays? Do you think like adding on uh, George Springer to what we already have with Yamaguchi and even Giles and Yates, do you think this veteran veteran leadership is going to help our young core develop? Yeah. So as we mentioned before, there's a huge gap in there's a huge age gap between uh, that young core that we have and the guys that we brought in this season. Uh, we had a couple guys last year, like Ryu, as you mentioned, and uh, uh, basically, I think it's really good for the younger players because, you know, just having those guys that have a lot of experience, just teaching the young guys. Um, I think it's really cool that Dante Bichette is uh, is a coach on the team um, because obviously his son is on the team. That was like a temporary 2020 thing. I don't think it was permanent. Oh, okay. Because I thought it was was just a 2020 thing. Oh, okay. Well, even so, um, fun to see, fun to see. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that the veteran leadership uh, is really good for this team. I think it's one of the best in the league. I think that um, all these guys, like especially Springer, are going to really make the young guys blossom into stars. Okay, I guess I'm going again. Uh, Who are the Blue Jays that you would predict like improvement with who would improve the most on the Blue Jays roster this season? Okay, so uh, I'm eyeing two guys in specific. I'm going to say uh, Kevin Biggio and Bo Bichette. Those are the two players last season that I saw a lot of like bursts from. Uh, I know it was a very short season, but it looked very promising from those two. I know Vladdy had a down year, so you can say that like pretty much anything, anything like what we what we would expect uh, is an improvement from last year. So probably those three guys are my top three for improving a lot this year. Um, now, next question for you. Uh, are you happy with the Blue Jays signing the GM Ross Atkins to a long-term deal? I mean, I did t- take a look at this and I did prepare for this question. And honestly, I couldn't be gl- uh, happier to have him back. I mean, the Blue Jays, as we saw last year when uh, when the, the sports agent Scott Boris said the Jays might actually make a dent in history, he 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 specifically shouted out the Blue Jays a few weeks after saying there's no way they're gonna get Ryu. He then not only he apologized, he said the Blue Jays were gonna were gonna go big, and we've seen this in the free agent. We've seen this how they played in the shortened 2020 season. And this is specifically with Ross Atkins, small trades, small moves that led to the development of all these players. Obviously, there's a divide of the players that we still had when we had uh, GM Ross Atkins, but the majority, uh, not Ross Atkins, no, Alex Anthopoulos, I'm thinking of. Uh, So there is a line between these two GMs. However, I think Ross Atkins uh, is a very, very smart uh, person. And I think he, I think it was smart to lock him up. Yeah, this team is really well constructed, and I agree with you. Uh, He built it really well, and uh, we're going to be good for years to come. Okay, uh, and do you think that the Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles, can contend? If not this year, when? The Orioles, interesting question. Completely (laughs) something that we weren't, uh, I wasn't expecting to talk about, but not expected. uh, (laughs) So the Orioles, I think that. They really surprised a lot of people last year. I definitely had them uh, winning 10 games, I think, last year. Uh, I'm not sure how many games they actually won, but uh, I think that they, they they definitely surprised me. They surprised a lot of people, as I said. 
And I think that they just keep going from there. Uh, they have a good young group of guys, including, um, you know, their new pitcher that they, that they got last year. Uh, I mean, they have, they have the catcher um, that they got in the draft. Oh, and they also have uh, Ryan Mountcastle. He was doing a really Mount good job. Mountcastle, the rookie. They have Pedro Severino, uh, Chris Davis. <laughs> and uh, they, they also have uh, Anthony Santander. Anthony Santander did do well. That was a yeah. complete surprise. Like, uh, the Baltimore Orioles really surprised us all. I mean, I know we're talking about the Jays, but I figured we might as well open up a little about the AL East while we're at an episode. And I feel like the Orioles are a team to watch, but I don't think that they are quite ready for the playoffs. I believe their starting lineup is uh, – it requires a bit of improvement along with the rotation. I mean, John Means – uh, he has some improvement ahead of him, but I was impressed with what I saw. And uh, yeah, well, you know, they still, you know, the healthy Yankees, if the Yankees could stay healthy, they're going to be scary. Obviously the Blue Jays. Yankees and- get healthy. That's, that doesn't happen. Come on. <laughs> and the, and the Rays, uh, obviously they're not as good as last year, but oh, still. I forgot about the Rays. Oh. Still the Rays are, are also going to be better than. Yeah. New they moved. Uh, they moved Snell. So that was a. Yeah. That was a move that was completely unexpected. However, they did get a good return. Like next year, the Rays are going to be scary. That return from that trade, they got some nice prospects out of that trade. Even though they did end up moving, uh, they moved Snell, but they are an extremely small market team with a small budget. And knowing that Snell won an MVP during uh, his controllable years, that means that buying out his arbitration years will be extremely expensive, which is something Baltimore just doesn't have the, not Tampa. Oh my God. I always confuse small fan bases. No Tampa. I don't believe uh, had the money to resign him. So instead they got more young talent and ended up working in their favor. Jonathan, any remarks? Um, yeah, I agree with you. So um, I think, uh, so I think we're going to end it here. So, Thank you to everyone that listened to this uh, podcast uh, or on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, um, we really appreciate the viewership and uh, prepare to see a lot more content this season or during the off season if more things happen. So stay tuned and uh, thank you for watching. And check out our website offthebat.ca because our website, because this episode will also be there and have a great day.